Father, we just thank you for this opportunity tonight to just hear from you. Lord, I just declare that every person that's listening to the sound of my voice, every person that is tuning into the podcast, I thank you that there is a rhema word for them, Lord, a Holy Spirit-breathed word, that you are talking specifically to them tonight as we dive into your word and we follow your lead, Holy Spirit. I thank you that we have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. The eyes of our understanding are enlightened, and we know the hope of our calling. And so I just release the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, Lord. I thank you that you know every single thing that is going on in our lives. Nothing is hidden from your sight. And so you know how to reveal the wisdom that we need and how to communicate to us in the midst of our circumstances, in the midst of our questions, in the midst of our needing guidance. And you know how to get us from where we are to where you're taking us. And so we just healed. Lord, I just put my heart in neutral, and I just say, go where you want to go. I let you drive tonight. And we just thank you in advance for everything that you're going to do through this podcast in Jesus name. Amen. Awesome. Well, I have been on well last week I actually started it, so it's not been that long. It's been a week, but I have been on a journey myself with uh, the scripture that I'm basing this series on. It's been a good while since I have been on this journey with the Lord. But I really felt led uh, last week to start uh, a series based upon a scripture from John 5:30. And I really uh, you know I've had I've had this this scripture in my heart for a really long time. I think I've been praying it for many years now, uh, but I, I never have really taught specifically any series on the scripture. And so let's start off tonight. Uh, reading it. I, I'm going to read John 5.30 in the voice translation. This is somewhat of a continuation from last week because I taught on it last week as well. But let's read it together, and I'm going to read it, as I said, in the voice translation. So let me pull that up. thought I had it up, but I didn't. Here we go. It says this, and this is Jesus speaking, by the way. He says, I have not ever acted and will not in the future act on my own. I listen to the directions of the one who sent me, and I act on these divine instructions. For this reason, my judgment is always fair and never self-serving. I'm committed to pursuing God's agenda and not my own. Okay, I'm just going to read it out of another translation just to give us a little different look at it. I will read it out of the New King James Version. Here's what that one says. It says, I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. 
So this scripture, I really do like the voice translation. One of the things I really feel like is being highlighted to me tonight for you guys is this, this, the sentence in here that says, I listen to the directions of the one who sent me and act on these divine instructions. You know, I, I talk to a lot of people on a fairly regular basis who, for whatever reason, are confused. They're confused about their life. They're confused about their relationships. They're confused about where they're headed in life. They're confused about, you know, should I take this job, not take this job? I mean, decisions they're making, uh, just basic confusion over things. I mean, honestly, we can get up in the morning and get confused. When you think about all of the different things that you could do for the day, for example, or how you could spend your time. Uh, if you are leading anything, you know, many times, or you're working on a project of any kind, uh, and you need divine inspiration, or you're leading a team, or, you know, there's just so many things in our lives that we need wisdom for, that we need insight for, that we need directions, you know, from the Lord for. And I, I find that, I feel like my job uh, is the same job description in almost every conversation I have. I feel like my job is to connect people to the voice of God. You know, I think a lot of times when you are uh, in a position of spiritual mentorship or spiritual, you know, leadership of any kind in someone's life, I think people come to you and sometimes, you know, they're looking for godly counsel. You know, they're like, you know, there's, there's, there's wisdom in a multitude of counsel. And that's totally, you know, scriptural. It's from Proverbs. <laughs> but I, I find that the number one problem that people have is that they don't have the Lord's counsel. And they don't have the Lord's opinion. And they don't have God's agenda. And they don't have... Uh, the Lord's directions. And I think, you know, part of the problem is, is that people have not really been taught that that is the way that it, that's normal. Like it's normal to have specific directions from God. You know, it's almost like we, we, we look at the word of God sometime is like this, you know, you heard it said, like it's our instruction manual. It's our instruction manual for you know, for victorious living, and we act like, you know, that we're supposed to be led by the Bible, right? And I'm not saying that, you know, the Bible has, the Bible is amazing. The Bible tells us the gospel. The Bible is a inspired. It's a scripture's inspired for instruction and, and uh, you know, for our spiritual edification and our, our growth and our, uh, you know, growing in, in maturity, but Romans 8 doesn't say all those who are led by the Bible, these are the sons of God. Romans 8, 14 says all those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And so I always explain to people the reason why we read the Bible is to hear from God. <laughs> the reason why we read Scripture 
is to gain revelation knowledge. And revelation comes from the Holy Spirit. He is the spirit of wisdom and revelation that Paul describes in Ephesians 1.17 when he prays for the church at Ephesus. He said, I pray that you might have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God, in the knowledge of him. And so I, I'm, I'm, I'm really highlighting this phrase tonight about, you know, I... I follow the directions of the one who sent me. You know, I listen to the directions of the one who sent me. And I act on these divine instructions. And so the first thing, my first point tonight is, is that we need to raise our expectations that we can get specific direction from God. That we can get specific instructions for God. From God, no matter what the problem is that we're facing, no matter what the question is that, you know, we are confronting, we, there is wisdom that comes from God. There is direction that comes from God. I'm going to go over to a scripture in James really quick. Uh, I haven't read this one in a while, honestly, but I just feel the Holy Spirit breathing on it. So we're going to go over there to James chapter one. And this one in verse two, it's kind of an interesting Um, scripture, but I want to read it here. It says in verse two, and I'm going to just, I'll keep reading in the voice because I'm hearing it. It says, verse two, don't run from tests and hardships, brothers and sisters. As difficult as they are, you will ultimately find joy in them if you embrace them. Your faith will blossom under pressure and teach you true patience as you endure. And true patience brought on by endurance will equip you to complete the long journey and cross the finish line, mature, complete, and wanting nothing. Verse 5, this is really where I wanted to go. It says, if you don't have all the wisdom needed for this journey, then all you have to do is ask God for it. And God will grant all that you need. He gives lavishly and never scold you for asking. Verse 6 says, the key is that your request be anchored by your single-minded commitment to God. Another another translation says that, you know, you need to ask in faith. In faith. Uh, but here it says, in your single-minded commitment to God, it says, those who depend only on their judgment, on their own judgment, are like those lost at the seas carried away by any wave and picked up by any wind. Those adrift on their own wisdom shouldn't assume the Lord will rescue them or bring them anything. The splinter of divided loyalty shatters your compass and leaves you dizzy and confused. Okay, this is a really powerful scripture that's talking about, can I just say it this way? Your own agenda. It's talking about following your own wisdom. And it says here that when you have, you know, your own wisdom and your it's in competition here with the Lord's wisdom and you're depending on your own judgment and not really looking to God to really be the one that's giving you the right perspective and the right way to look at the situation, whatever it might be. It says that it makes us like we're lost out on the sea and it shatters your compass and it leaves you dizzy and confused. So I really am talking to people tonight who are confused. For some reason, I felt like the Lord is really wanting me to to talk to folks that are confused. Either you don't know what to do or you're facing a situation and you're not sure how how to 
how to walk through that situation. And I just, I just want to settle you into what, what is the answer. Okay. And this isn't the answer necessarily for whatever the situation is, but it is always the answer that leads us to a compass that will take us in the right direction and bring us into victory. And that is listen to the directions of God. And what this means is that you have to make hearing the voice of God a priority in your life. And it, it, it amazes me how many times I do talk to Christians and they have all these disciplines in their life or, you know, maybe they don't even think of them as disciplines, but, you know, they, they regularly attend church. Like they're not going to miss going to church, right? Or they're going to, you know, I'm, a, I'm an avid tither. I'm going to make sure that I give my tithe, you know, or I'm going to read my 365-day devotional or whatever it is that you're going to do, like, you know. But the reality is, what is God speaking to you to do? Like all of those things, just like, you know, I was saying earlier, it's, you know, all those who are led by the Spirit of God. I didn't say all those that go to church, these are the sons of God. It didn't say all those who tithe are the sons of God. All those who follow, you know, scriptural principles, these are the sons of God. It says those that follow, that are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. And so the Holy Spirit gives directions. If you're going to be led by him, if you're going to, we are, we're called followers of Jesus, then how can we follow someone that we can't hear? So I want to challenge you that you need to, if you aren't hearing God on demand on a regular basis, my first, my first thing to say to you is that you need, you got to cultivate that. You've got to cultivate hearing God's voice on demand. Meaning when I say, hey God, he's like, what's up? <laughs> I say, hey Jesus, he's like, hey, how are you? Right? I mean, like, like you're hearing God as easy as your own thoughts. Now let me, let me preface that by saying this. There are times, obviously, when you are emotionally distraught, maybe when you are worked up emotionally, uh, really your emotions can get in the way of hearing God. A mind that is busy and worried and preoccupied with things, you know what? That can hinder you from hearing God. So it's why the psalmist says, be still, right? Be still and know that I am God. Meaning there is something about stillness internally that helps us connect with and hear God. So part of the process of following God's directions and getting on his agenda is getting quiet so that we can actually hear him. And so whatever that is for you, I mean, if that, I mean, even Jesus had to go away, you know, and spend the night in prayer sometimes. I mean, he had a lot of responsibilities. People were pressing on him and there was a lot of pressure on him. And so he would have to actually go away to get quiet and hear God. But it really, there isn't a right or wrong way. It's just that it has to become a lifestyle. It has to become something that we are cultivating. If we are actually going to grow up as spiritually mature sons 
of God. And when I say sons, I mean that's female and male. There's neither male nor female in Christ. So it is both sexes, both genders in this conversation about being sons of God. And the next thing that I want to say is, so when, when is the, what is the last, this is what I really feel like the Holy Spirit is, is saying here. He's like, what is the last instruction that I gave you? What is the last instruction that you know that you heard me clearly say? And did you obey it? Did you follow it? Is it, you know, did you do it? And if you aren't sure, this is probably my number one reason why I tell people to journal. I tell people, if you're going to get some direction from the Lord, write it down. Uh, you know, my, in my own, I mean, seriously, just this last, I think it was this last week, I went back in my journal and I found the last time God was like super specific with me about what he was doing in my life and what my part was and what his part was. And thank goodness that I wrote it down because it it is really, for me, it's one of those anchor words that kind of give you very clear direction. And they bring context to what God is doing in my life. It it makes, they bring context to the circumstances. And so I I really feel that's a a question for you uh, today is what is the, what's the last instruction that you heard clearly? You know, Jesus said this, if you love me, you'll obey me. And so whatever that instruction is, it was whatever the directions are, they're meant to be followed. You know, my daughter this weekend has been in the, in the process of putting together a little project for school. And there's this little whole little rubric they put together. It's a little poster you got to put together and she's got to do a little presentation. She's got to like dress up in like a, a time period and do this, memorize the speech and present this whole little thing. But there is a rubric that explains the directions for her project. And, you know, as we're doing the project, we're constantly looking back at the instructions or the directions to make sure that we're following them. And I know it's a kind of a simple, childish example of what I'm saying, but I mean, that is really the way that Jesus lived, he was, he said, I have never acted on my own. Of my own self, I can do nothing. I follow the directions of the one who sent me. And so I am amazed, honestly, at how many people do not make hearing God on a regular basis, on a daily basis, on a moment-by-moment basis, on an hourly basis, really the way that they live. And I have you know, over the years as I've matured and as I have really made this the number one priority in my life, I can tell you that peace is in this place. Peace is found in this place where you are hearing God's voice. You, peace is found when you are ministered to by the one who knows you and knows what to say to you and knows what you need to hear. I mean, Jesus really does know what to say. I mean, he knows how to 
how to bring you from a place of confusion to peace, a place of anxiety to peace, a place of he knows how to minister to you in a way that brings wholeness, in a way that that provides not just direction, but provides the inner atmosphere of heaven. And and we, beloved, that is our portion. We are we are living in not just the kingdom, but we're living in the Prince of Peace. And part of God's directions to us and part of God's wisdom, wisdom to us is to bring us into a place of peace. Really, no matter what the situation, no matter what the circumstance, no matter what giant we may be facing or what situation, he wants us, and there is a place where even the circumstances haven't changed, but he can give you a word in an instant that puts you in peace in the midst of whatever it is. And victorious, I mean, you know, even in James, it says, you know, <laughs> endurance, as you practice endurance, and, you know, it's, it's it, another translation that says, count it all joy. And, and the truth is you cannot count your situations sometimes, just joy in the situation. He's not saying count it joy when you have cancer. I mean, he is in a sense, but he's not saying don't be joyful because you have cancer. He's saying there is a place of peace in the midst of a cancer diagnosis. There is a supernatural place of peace in that trial and in that tribulation that is way more powerful than the trial or tribulation. And so you can count it joy because there's a provision for you in that place that you wouldn't even experience if you weren't in that place. And so it really is not about just receiving directions about how to overcome the situation. It absolutely, although it is about that. But it's about also having peace in the midst of whatever you're experiencing. He has direction for you that will put you in a place of peace. It says this, it says, I will keep you in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on me. There is a place of peace that comes just from our minds being connected to God. For our focus being on the Lord and listening for directions. And I encourage you, when you sit down for direction, you know what? Get whatever, get on God's agenda. I mean, you know, sometimes I think, you know, I'm coming talking about X, Y, and Z, and God's talking about A, B, C. You know, and so you want to, yes, you know, it's, 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 it's important relationally to be able to talk about whatever. But if you're really wanting to make supernatural progress in your life, if you're really wanting to see the promises of God manifest in your life, if you're wanting to, to overcome whatever trial or tribulation you may find yourself in, well, the strategy to do that is going to come from the Lord. And so I know I may sound like a little bit of a broken record, but I, I really am blown away by how many people I talk to on a regular basis who are going, you know, looking for advice in a million different places, but yet are not hearing God clearly. And the very, the, the most important life skill that you can develop is hearing God. It is hearing him and following him. That is what 
spiritual maturity is defined as. So one of the things that I think a lot of people push back on sometimes when I tell them this, I mean, there's some people that I've been telling the same piece of advice for three or four years, you know, and, and they've got maybe the same struggles that they've had for three or four years. But when I come, when they come back around and they're struggling, it may not be exactly the same struggle, but it's kind of, you know, same situation, different name, (laughs) you know, it's, it's, it's always the same. What is God speaking to you? What is God saying to you? What is God doing in your life right now? What is God building in you right now? What problem is God solving? What, what area of your life is God working on? What, what mindset is he renewing right now? And truthfully, I, you know, what is God doing in your life right now? You know, what is God doing through your life right now? Just, you know, in these, and there's really a lot of clueless people in, in the body of Christ when I ask these questions. And, and I'm telling you, it does not have to be this way. It does not, you do not have to walk through life blind, confused, anxious, and worried, angry, guilty, ashamed. You do not have to walk through life like that. I'm telling you, we are playing Simon Says. We are following the leader. And the Lord has comfort for you. The Holy Spirit has wisdom for you. The Holy Spirit has you know, it says that he will lead and guide us into all truth and show us things to come. God, the Holy Spirit has has your future that he wants to reveal to you. It says that he'll take the things that belong to Jesus and reveal them to you. I mean, he is the one that shows you your inheritance. He's the one that confirms your identity. He's the one that reveals your purpose. And in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says, Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. I mean, there are things that God has prepared for you, beloved. There are, there are amazing things. You have a destiny. And it says, but God has revealed them to us by his spirit. I mean, the Holy Spirit is a revealer of the hidden things. He's a revealer of hidden motives, of, of, of demonic interference. I mean, he is not confused. He sees the root of every fruit. If there are things in your life that you don't want to produce, meaning there's fruit in your life that you are not in agreement with or, heck, aren't in agreement with, you know, who you know God made you to be, well, the Lord knows the fruit of that. He knows He knows not just the fruit. He knows the root of those things. He knows every wound. He knows every lie that you're believing He knows every um, offense that you're carrying. I mean, there is literally nothing hidden. And he has an agenda. He has direction that he wants to give you. He has a new level of victory and of wholeness and and of peace and comfort that he wants to minister to you. You are in whatever you are doing, wherever you're in life right now, you are in the midst of an upgrade. God is changing you from the inside out. He is, I mean, in Romans chapter 8 again, it says that we're being conformed to the image of God. And the image of God is perfect love. The image of God is unconditional love for ourselves, for our neighbors, 
It is, it, we are being conformed into this image of perfect love that casts out fear. He is coming after fear in your life. He is coming after distorted ways that you see yourself and, and lies that have been spoken over you. I'm telling you, God is doing something spectacular, something extraordinary, something amazing in your life right now. And he wants you to partner with that. He wants, he doesn't want to keep you in the dark. You know, in in John chapter 15, he said, you know, I I call you friends. I call you friends. I mean, let's just go over there really quick. He says, I'm not hiding what I'm doing from you. You are my friends. And we're even more than friends. We're we're the bride. I mean, we have the most intimate of relationships with the Lord that you can actually have. We have a marital covenant with God. We are joint heirs with him. We are in union with him. We are his body. He is the head. I mean, we have this union, oneness relationship with him, and he is not hiding himself from us. If anything, we just are distracted and busy or wounded or emotionally unavailable to actually sit down and make conversations with God the center of our life. And I can tell you, it, 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 I mean, I'm, I'm up there. You know, I mean, I, this isn't my first rodeo. I've lived a few decades at this point. And I can tell you that life ultimately works <laughs> when God is at the center of it. When God is the motivator. When God is the, because he is the giver of life. He is the source of life. He isn't just like, you know, the animator of life, meaning that he like, you know, put life into our bodies. But he literally, Jesus said, I am the life. I am life. I am life. (laughs) I'm life. You know, and he said this, um, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me and I abide in you, you will bear great fruit. Without me, you will accomplish nothing. I mean, that's pretty clear. I mean, you may accomplish something, but I don't know what kind of fruit really it is that we accomplish when it's not accomplished through Jesus. You know what I kind of think of? I think it's artificial fruit. I think it's the kind of fruit that sits out and it might look really good, but if you bite into it, it's not got any nutrients in it. It's a completely fake, inauthentic piece of fruit because Jesus is the source of life. And so if we want life-giving fruit coming out of our life, then it means that we have to stay connected to the source of life. And you can't stay connected to the source of life without being able to hear him. It says this, if anyone does not abide in me, doesn't stay connected to me. In other words, he's like a branch that is tossed out and shrivels up and is gathered and tossed into the fire to burn. But if you abide in me, my voice, I love this in the voice translation. He says, if you abide in me, my voice abides in you. And it says, and anything you ask will come to pass for you. I'm going to say that again. Anything you come to ask will come to pass for you. In verse 8, it says, your abundant growth and your faithfulness as my fathers, as my followers, will bring great glory. And then he says this. I want to just read this part where he tells you. Um, listen to this. It says, I want you to know the delight I experience. To find ultimate satisfaction. Which is why I'm telling you all of this. My commandment to you is this. Love others as I have loved you. There is no greater way to love than to give your life for your friends. In verse 15, he says, I don't call you servants any longer. Servants don't know what the master is doing. But I have told you everything the father has said to me, I call you friends. You did not choose me, 
I chose you and I orchestrated all of this so that you would be sent out and bear great and perpetual fruit. As you do this, anything you ask in the Father's name will be done. Ask the Father in my name will be done. And this is my commandment that you love one another. I mean, so this whole concept of abiding in the vine is really about connection. This is really about staying connected to the Lord so that you can hear him, so that you can follow him, so that he can work through you, so that you can bear fruit. And I'm talking about the kind of fruit that lasts, eternal fruit. Uh, One of the things I heard the Lord say one time is that you only get credit in heaven for the work that I do through you. (laughs) I thought that was awesome. You only get credit in heaven for the work that I do through you. And so a lot of times when we're separated from the vine, when we are separated from God's voice and we're out here even doing good things, we're going to church, we're tithing, we're doing good deeds, we're feeding the poor, we're doing all of these things. And then, you know, it's weird because we do these independent, even good things. And the truth is we don't get credit for that stuff because we're not on a system of good and bad. We're not on a legalistic system that says, hey, if I do this stuff, I'm good. And I do this stuff, I'm bad. No, we are in a relationship, a living communion, a living connection with God. He, he, He compares it to a vine and a branch and that we are in this connection with him. And that through that connection that the father in us is doing the work and what john 5 30 is saying what jesus is is describing in john 5 30 is the way that he lives so that the father can do the work through him he's saying i don't act on my own i have never acted on my own and i will never act on my own he's describing abiding in the father he's describing this living connection that he has with his father and he says i just follow the directions of the one who who sent me and in the when you follow those directions let me tell you the miraculous happens heaven manifests the breakthrough comes when you just do what god says and he's not going to give you something you can't do now he might do you something give you something to do you're afraid to do He may give you something to do that you may not want to do in and of yourself. But guess what? Grace comes right behind that to empower you to obey. You don't even have to obey in your own strength. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit, it says, is all the while at work in you, causing you to both will and do his good pleasure. So God will even work on your motives. God will even give you the courage that you need. So you don't even have to muster up your obedience on your own. You better hear me. This isn't a separated life you're living. This is a connected life you're living. And that means that you hear and then you be, then you just, you just, you, you step out. You just step out. If he's, and really whatever he says, just do it. And I want to say this to those of you that are struggling today, even with a physical disease, I'll tell you, God has a prescription for you. He has a prescription for you that is personal. So what, whatever that prescription is, I mean, he may, he may tell you, you know what, go and, and seek medical treatment. He may tell you, go see a, a, you know, a, a herbal doctor, whatever those are called, you know, or go to, you know, a more natural route to deal with that. He may say exercise. I don't know what he's going to, because I don't even know the situation because I'm talking to all these people, but I tell you what we do. We aren't hearing God a lot of the time, and we just lean on the wisdom of men. We lean on the uh, just the doctors, or we lean just on what our friends say, or we go and we Google it. It's like we hear Google. 
Like, we'll Google anything now and follow those directions. And the truth is, God has a prescription of victory for whatever your situation is. He has a, a prescription of victory for your body. He has a prescription of victory for your finances. He's got a prescription of victory uh, to lead you into triumph. He says he always causes us to triumph. He's got a, a, a prescription for your relationship, a prescription for your marriage, a prescription for every single thing that you are facing. But it is going to require that we settle in and hear him. I am not the person to listen to if you want a five-step formula for victory. I am not the person to listen to that is going to teach you principles necessarily, although I, I believe in, in principles. I, I, I totally believe the truth is princ, you know, principle-founded but and grounded. But I'm telling you that you're following a person. That's This is what Christianity is. Christianity is not a, a moral system. We're not, we're not following, you know, the B-I-B-L-E, like it's a, a, you know, a rule book that we're following. We are following a, a, a person, God, who put on human skin. His name is Jesus. We are, we are disciples of Jesus Christ. That means that we are being disciplined to be just like Jesus. We are going to do the same works as Jesus and greater works than he's done. And we're going to do it the same way by being one with the Father, by being one with him. We're going to live like Jesus. We're not going to live, and I say live like Jesus. I don't mean we're going to like imitate him, like he's across the room and he's going to, you know, like we are, you know, doing Simon Says, and he's going to lift his leg and we're going to lift our leg. No, he's going to lift his leg inside of our leg. <laughs> and so we're being led from the inside out. We are, we are following the leader that lives in us. The compass is inside of us. The Holy Spirit is inside of us. And so what it means is that we have to lay down our own agendas. We've got to lay down our own opinions. We've got to lay down, we've got to get our heart in neutral. That is a powerful kind of visual, if you will. You know, when you are, when you are in neutral, you are not in drive, you are not in reverse, and you're not in park. Okay? It means that you are, you are just totally agenda-free. And yes, you know what? From there, you can go into drive, you can go into park, you can go into reverse. But at the moment, you're just, you're just there waiting, <laughs> waiting for the Lord's agenda. And I'll tell you, sometimes it's not easy to get your heart in neutral, especially if you're dealing with offense, especially if you're dealing with woundedness, especially if you, you know, are dealing with some kind of loss or, you know, I mean, we have agendas, we have hidden motives. We have, we have, we have ways that we think it should go. We have, you know, goals we think we should achieve. We have people that we think should be corrected. I mean, we've got judgments of how it's supposed to go. And the truth is, that is a waste of our time to live out of that, out of that human opinion. Number one, it, it, it's. 95% of the time or greater, it's going to be wrong because our ability to perceive what is real and what is true is influenced, number one, by our own perceptual filters, by our past experiences, by our own beliefs. And number two, we can't even see all of reality. We can't see angels with our physical eyes, and half the time we're not even spiritually minded that way. So we can't see what's influencing people behind the scenes. 
We don't. We just are not capable of judging or having an opinion. I mean, we can have one, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's righteous. Doesn't mean that it's you know. It's 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 that's where Jesus said, "I'm not seeking my own will." It's not my my agenda is not self-serving, and so we've that neutral position is where you are getting out of this place of what I want. It's out of out of this place of my you know self-centeredness. It's a place where you are saying, like Jesus did. I talked about this last week in the garden when he said, hey, not my will, but your will be done, Father. You know, hey, all things are possible. You know, he was about to go to the cross. He was in the garden praying to the Father. He said, all things are possible. If it be possible, you know what? Let this cut pass from me. So if that's my, you know, if there's another way, I'd like to, I wouldn't like to do this. But he said, nevertheless, not my will, but yours. And so that nevertheless prayer is always about your heart. It's always about letting go of your agenda. Now, I do want to say this. We do, we can know the will of God in a general sense. And so, for example, if you are facing sickness, for example, right now, well, God's will is healing. So God's, God's will is heaven on earth. So you can know that God's, God's will is perfect love. So the, the nature of God and, and the, the nature of the gospel and what Jesus has accomplished tells us the will of God. Heaven on earth. The enemy's been defeated. So we need to know the gospel. <laughs> I, I'm not saying that, that we can't know the will of God. Like, hey, if cancer be your will, nevertheless, you know, I don't want cancer. But if that's your will that I have cancer, you know, then just let it be. So that's not what I'm talking about when I'm talking about going in neutral. When I'm saying going into neutral, we're like this. We're like, we know that cancer's not your will, God, but I don't know how to approach this battle. I've got principles. I, I, I can speak the word of God over myself. I can get prayer. I can get anointed by oil, by the elders. I can go to the doctor. I can take medication. There's a lot of different things that I can do to overcome and, and manifest the victory that Jesus has had over sickness. But I'm, I'm following your prescription. I'm going to follow your directions. So it's, we're, not, we're not submitting to sickness. We are resisting sickness, but we're resisting it through our intimacy with God. We are resisting it through putting a compass in our hand and saying, Holy Spirit, I'm confident that you're going to lead me out of this because by your stripes I'm healed. I know that's the truth. Right now I've got some fruit manifesting in my body. I've got some some fruit going on right now that is not your will. And I need you to help me get into neutral. I need to get this fear out. I need to hear you, hear you clearly. And I'm going to do what exactly what you tell me to do. And I'll tell you, if we could, if we could get in that place, but here's what happens. I mean, I get it. Battles can be scary. Giants can be scary. Fear can manifest. Brokenness comes up and it talks really, really loud. We get triggered and that's all we can hear. We can't, our own emotions get out of control. I get that. But the time of the battle is the most important time to hear. The time when you're out of control. The time when you are triggered. The time when you are facing the, the battle of your life. Or you're in the most pain that you've ever been. That is the time to press in. It's not the time to run. It's not the time to... That is, that is when you need to learn how to hear God's voice. And so if that means you put on worship, I mean, I don't know what works for you to quiet down. I don't know. I mean, for me... I'm journaling. 
I mean, there's something that happens when I can sit down with my journal. And a lot of times I'll be, I mean, sometimes I'll go into what my issues are. Sometimes I'm just like, God, you know. I don't even have to go into it. But my desire is to hear from you. My desire is to put my heart in neutral. And so sometimes if I'm really in a bad spot, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to say, I just worship you, Jesus. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I just put my mind on you. I get my mind off the problem. And so I'll just journal a couple of pages. You know, sometimes I'll turn on worship and worship. But I, I force myself. It's like I force my inner atmosphere at times to be like, I am setting myself right now to hear God. It's like Habakkuk chapter 2. You know, he says, I will get up on my watch, (laughs) my watchtower, and I will watch to see, I will watch to see what the Lord will say. You know, and so that means Habakkuk set himself. He decided, I'm going to hear from God. And I'm I'm telling you, we need to make a decision. I'm going to hear from God. I'm going to get God's directions. I'm going to get God's opinion. And there is no devil in hell that is going to stop me. And I mean it. This is my birthright. Jesus died for me to hear God's voice. I am his sheep. His sheep hear his voice. I am one with him. And dang it, I can hear. And if I can't, you know, if I'm not hearing, well, then I'm going to press into that. I'm going to keep on pressing. I'm not giving up. I'm not going to say, oh, well, I guess I'm just not hearing. No, I'm especially if you're in a battle, especially if you're in the place. I'm telling you, the battle is hearing God. The bat, I'm going to say that again. The battle is hearing God. The battle is getting the strategy. The battle is getting the directions. The battle is getting the discernment. The battle is getting the revelation. The battle is getting God's perspective and God's perception and operating out of the mind of God. That is where the battle is. The battle is to stay spiritually minded. The battle is to stay awake so that you realize that what you physically see is not all there is. That is the battle. Because when we are connected, I'm telling you, there's no devil in hell that can stop you. There is no circumstance, no storm in life that can sink your boat. I'm telling you, you are victorious in every situation when you are hearing God and following his directions. I just, I'm, you are, you, you are undefeatable. When you are, when you are following him, you're undefeated. And if we are following the Lord, I I heard Kenneth Copeland say one time, he said, every failure is a prayer failure. You know, and for some people, prayer is, you know, some kinds, we're like a parrot. We're just spitting out. I don't know what we're doing when we call prayer, whatever we call prayer. You know what powerful prayer is? Powerful prayer is prophecy. Powerful prayer is where you have got the mind of God and God is praying through you. That is the effectual prayer of of the righteous. That's when you aren't even speaking. You don't even know what you're saying. You pray the prayer. You don't even realize what you even prayed. Because you're, why? Because the Father in you is doing the work. The Father in you is praying the prayer. The Father in you is walking through the, walking on the water. He's walking through the storm. And so, beloved, I, I, I just, I'm hopefully I'm motivating you tonight. Whatever is on your agenda, whatever is on your to-do list, man, the number one thing is to get clear. Get clear directions from the Lord. Get clear about what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. And be an obedient child. Be an obedient son. Be an obedient daughter. We have this kind of silly thing. That we say in our house. It's not that silly, honestly, when you got kids. But we call it the five fingers of obedience. 
And the thumb, each, each of the fingers in the thumb has something that you say with it. So the thumb is, yes, mom, okay, if it's me. The, the, the index finger is, I obey. The next finger is, right away, right? The ring finger is, all the way. And the pinky is, the happy way. Okay, I'm going to say it again. Yes, mom, I obey all the way, right away, the happy way. And, you know, that really is what obedience looks like. It looks like, you know, it looks like us following the directions of God. And, you know, that, that, that right away is a big deal. You know, he's, you know, he's not, we're not, we're not talking about I'm going to obey in three months. Like when God speaks to you to do something, darn it, do it. And then it says, you know, <laughs> all the way. Well, you know what? Partial obedience is not, not real obedience either. So it means do it. Do it all the way. Do it all the way. I'm telling you, there is grace to obey. You, there is grace. There is grace for you. And then that last one, I'll tell you, that deals with the motives. It says the happy way. And I'll tell you, sometimes you, we got to pray. Sometimes we just need to pray. Lord, I, you just need to say, I want to want to obey, but maybe right now I'm, you know, it's kind of like that kid you, you, you've heard of that's, you know, that you say, you know, sit down, sit down. And the kid sits down, but you know, the truth is inside they're standing up, right? So you, you can have outward obedience and not have inward obedience. And God is after the motives of the heart as much as he is the behavior. In fact, Jesus said, if you look on a woman with adultery in your heart, it's, a, it's the same thing as actually having done it. So from God's perspective, the heart, if you're obedient in your heart, that's real obedience. So, you know, if that's why I feel like I said tonight, this is what I heard the Holy Spirit say, what is the last instruction I gave you? And so I want you, if you don't know, well, gosh, let's ask the Lord again. You know, what, to be clear, I want to follow you. I want your directions. Tell me what it is that, you, that you're asking me to do. What are you doing? I want to partner with you. I get my heart in neutral. And so that's what I'm going to encourage you. Even, even you know, as you're listening to this, as you wrap it up, sit back down and take some time to journal and hear from the Lord if you're not clear. I mean, I, you know, I did it just, again, this week. I just, you know, I was like, okay, I think I got busy. Let me get back on your agenda. What are you doing? And so he brought me right back to it. He, he's, he, will, he will remind you. He, he, he's good. He, he's not forgetful. And so let me pray here. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for this teaching tonight and this instruction to get instructions. <laughs> wow. I guess that's the, the first instruction. Get some instructions. And then we just follow them. And I thank you, Lord. You may not show us the whole big picture. I, I think a lot of times you show us the end. But you may not show us every step. We may not be able to see how to get from here to there, all the steps involved. But I know this, Lord. You'll give us the next step. And then after we do that, you'll give us the next step and the next step and the next step and the next step. I thank you that we don't have to have it figured out. We can just be dependent like little kids. And so, Lord, I just release grace. I release grace to, to hear your voice. I release grace to journal, grace to get instructions, grace to get your prescription. And, Father, I just I thank you that 
for every person that's struggling to hear, Lord. I thank you that they can just say, you know what, my struggle ends today. That they can, they can just agree that they hear you clearly. And they can say, devil, listen, get out of my voice. Get out of my head. <laughs> don't, don't get, get out of my thoughts. I just declare that I hear you. And I'll, I'll say this, when you sit down and journal, just write down whatever it is, what pops into your head. Write down those thoughts. And so, Lord, I thank you that as they are obedient to do that, that they hear you. They just hear you. I just declare they hear you. And I thank you for clear directions in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as I was praying, I also really felt like I wanted to also encourage you that if you are in that place where you just, you know, you've been trying to hear God, you're not hearing God, and you really struggle with that, or you just really have never trusted that or you're not confident in that, whatever, whatever that may be in this area, if you just are like, I've tried Shalice or, you know, I just need to grow in this area, well, I just want to encourage you to check out my school, Emerge School of Transformation, because it is absolutely, it's a three-month journey and immersion into experience God and hearing God. And if you want information about that, you can just email us at info at .com and we will get right back with you and we can talk to you about the school and if that's a good fit for you. And so don't stay in a place of dullness. Don't stay in a place where, you know, just going through the motions of life, not being clear about God's agenda and not being clear about his instructions and not knowing how to really be led by the Holy Spirit on a, on a daily, moment-by-moment -moment basis or how to abide in the vine. And so I just bless you. I bless you this week as you seek the Lord, hear from him, and endeavor to obey him. And then as we wrap up, I always like to give every one of our listeners the opportunity to partner with us and this podcast. If you are being blessed by these messages and these teachings, I encourage you to sow into where you're being fed. Head on over to Shalice.com and there's a donate button and just support uh, the gospel message that's being preached. I mean, this podcast is going all around the world at this point. We get feedback from Places I just am blown away by how people are being connected to this podcast and, you know, people are telling their friends about it. Tell your friends about it and consider partnering with us and, and being a part of what God is doing through this podcast. So I bless you and I just uh, pray that this week is going to be a week of miraculous breakthrough because you are following the directions of the one who loves you perfectly and who is filling you to overflow. Talk to you soon.